Rend the heavens and come down, Lord, even now. Hallelujah. This means nothing unless you show up, God. This means nothing. Lord, we want to be in your presence. Lord, we want fellowship with you. Lord, we do. I, there are people in this room that really do adore you, not just with their mouths, but with their hearts. And they... Father, in Jesus' name, forgive us for taking these assemblies lightly. Father, forgive us for taking you lightly. Not with our words, not with our lips, but with our hearts, with our actions. And so now, Lord, as we've praised you in songs, we honor you now as we break the bread of life as we study your word as we Father would you please as we look at this as you would you please reveal your truth to us Father there are people in this room that are in different places with you some not with you at all Father I pray that this word would affect every heart every mind Father in Jesus name would you please touch Holy Spirit have your way have your way. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to begin in uh, Philippians 2. Now, last week we were talking about uh, the, the main, and the, the question, I mean, was uh, do we do church to please us or to please God? And if you know, if it's to please God, do we think that, you know, if we leave a church service thinking that it was good, does that mean that God was happy with it? If it pleases us, does that mean it automatically pleases God, right? So, you know, kind of with that in mind and heart, it's not about us, it's about Him. So we're going to go it now into Philippians chapter 2. I'll have a lot of these on the screen for you, but please... Uh, Let's really give, I know it's a little bit tough because there's going to be some scriptures today. And so if you would please just bear with me and and pay attention because after all, it is the word of God. It's not my word. Philippians 2, beginning in verse 5, it says, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And he being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on the earth and those under the earth, those that are in hell, are even going to have to acknowledge that he is the Lord and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You know, really, as we break this bread, as we crack this open, as we look into this more, it's going to be less about that part, but I wanted to include that part because that just makes me happy. Jesus is Lord, and everyone who ever lived, including angels, will have to acknowledge that. They may not, they may not operate as 
as if he was their Lord, but they all are going to someday, whether you believe it or not, right now, or whether you think that you'll believe it sometime in the future, or you've ever believed it, it doesn't matter. He is Lord, and he doesn't require you to believe it in order for him to hold that authority. He has that authority. He, he has that position. Jesus is Lord, and everybody will... Am I on still? You know, Jesus is Lord. Big deal. What else would you expect to hear when you come to a Christian church on a Sunday morning? Well, of course He is. But listen, He is Lord of everything and He is Lord and everyone is going to have to acknowledge that. But Him being Lord doesn't mean that He's automatically your Lord. You have to, you have to acknowledge that. Help me, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus. Help me right now. He is Lord. Regardless of what you think of Him. Hallelujah. Regardless of what all of the other brainiacs would say about Him, regardless of whatever other philosophy or whatever other religion or whatever other science or whatever other, it doesn't matter. He is Lord. Amen? So I'm going to really get a little bit more hands-on, as it were. These kids must have stayed up really late last night. Let this mind, verse verse 5, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Let this attitude, let his disposition, let his, let the way he thinks about things, the way he carries on, how he feels about things, his, let that same, let that be the same way you think about things. Let that be, let that be your disposition. Let that be your attitude. That's what that's saying. Who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. The language here, I mean, if you do the word studies, basically that word robbery, it comes from the same word uh, that we get the word rapture from. And rapture, the people will argue and say, well, it's not in the Bible. Well, technically the word rapture is not in the Bible, but it says, uh, the Lord himself shall descend from the heavens with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and trumpet of God. And, you know, it says that we will be caught up together with him. That word caught up is harpazo. It means to be snatched away. Now, the root of that word is the same word here where it says robbery. You know, Jesus didn't... This is saying that Jesus, he had his position. He's always been God. And he didn't think that when he had to come down to earth that he had to hang on to that godly thing. He was willing to go ahead and, and empty himself of that glory, of that position as that God. He, did, he let go of it. He didn't think it, that he had to hang on to it. That, wasn't, was, that was not what was important to him in that moment. The love of God was shed abroad in through Jesus because of us. He loved us. So Jesus loved us that he didn't hang on to that, that godly position, that glory that he had. He gave it up. He gave it up and he humbled himself and became a man. Humbled himself. He humbled himself. He had a choice. And he humbled himself. He became as a man and humbled himself, not clinging to or hanging on to that godly position that he had, that position that he had always from eternity as being God. I'm going to read to you now out of Luke 18, beginning in verse 9. 
This is a very familiar parable, I know that you guys, but just to remind you. Also, Jesus spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed with thus within himself. God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but be his, his own breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. Jesus showed us the ultimate example of humbling yourself. See, when we just read out Philippians, it was that, that's, so, that, that's, that's so important. Because if Jesus is our example, and we're supposed to have this mind that he had, then we also must humble ourselves. So now get this picture. You have this Pharisee. He's standing, praying to God. And what he's saying is, thank you that I'm not like this one. I'm not like that one. Look at the good things that I do. But then you have this tax collector. You know, the tax collectors, many of you already know, but for some of you, you know, the tax collector, they were, they were looked upon as thieves and they were as traitors to their own people because what the Romans would do, they mean, they come in there, they have these people under subjugation. They don't necessarily send all of their rulers in there. They have, you know, they have their uh, outposts and so on and so forth and they let the Jews go ahead and kind of govern themselves to a degree. And so they all, what they did was they, had, they assigned these Jews to be tax collectors. And what these tax collectors would do was to go ahead and collect the taxes. See, and that was a good thing. The Romans had a great setup. See, they go in there, they conquer the land. Now, the, they're taking uh, revenue from what those people had already done maybe for a long time, but now you, go, now you owe us. And so now in order to go ahead and collect what's owed to them, they have Jews collecting money from their own people. And what they would do is they would say, oh, you owe this money. Whatever they felt like collecting, they went ahead and they paid the Romans theirs, but they collect over what was due to the Roman government and they hung on to it themselves. And that's how they became rich. And that's, my friends, why they were so despised by their own people. They were traitors in the first place, and then they also stole from their own people to, to get themselves enriched. And they were looked down upon as just dregs, just, you know, yuck. You, you couldn't be any worse than a tax collector. So you have this Pharisee standing there praying and saying, thank, thank you, God, for all of these things that I'm not. And thank you, Lord. You know, look at how good I am. I, I pay tithes of everything that I possess. And thank you, Lord, that I'm not like that guy. But what is that guy doing? When it says that he beat his own breast, you know, that, what does that I mean? He was t- in total agony, total disgust with himself. With himself. He's not blaming anybody else. He's not saying, listen, I was born at this. I, you know, I had nothing uh, in order for me to get something. This is the way I had to do it, Lord. You know my heart. Uh, Lord, I'm not really that away, but I got you know, to get by, Lord. I got to get mine, Lord. No, he beat his breast. Have mercy on me, Lord. I'm a sinner. Have mercy on me. I've missed it. I know what I am. 
I don't know, maybe I, I could relate to this. You know? maybe, maybe, maybe some of you can't relate to that. But I know that in this culture and in this society, I mean, you know, we, we, we live like that. I mean, you know, we're not as bad as the next person, so we're kind of continuing to judge each other against each other. You know? I'm going to read to you out of Matthew 5. This is part of the Beatitudes, and we, if the Lord allows, we'll be there probably over the next few weeks, if the Lord allows. This is Jesus. Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For assuredly, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass away from the law till it is fulfilled. Whoever, therefore, breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you, that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will by no means enter into the kingdom of heaven. Brothers and sisters, I want to point out something to you. Because if you read, you say, well, you know, what, is, what is he really saying when he says, whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments? You know what? They, they were human then too, by the way. They were just as human as we are. See, what they would do is they would put more emphasis on certain laws. So, you know, and they would teach, you know, the, these laws are more important to keep than these. Are, are, is there anybody hearing me? You know, don't we allow ourselves some things? This, you know, th- this is not that big of a deal. Oh, shh, I, I, I got to tell a little white lie. The color of the lie doesn't change that it's a lie. If you tell a white one, a dark one, a purple one, a green one, a lie is a lie. So you can't allow yourself to embellish or to lie or to do something that's not right and you know it deep down in your heart, but you allow it and you justify it because after all, it's not that bad. And see, this is what Jesus is saying. Jesus is pointing this out. Listen, you need teachers that will teach you every jot and tittle. You need teachers that will not emphasize this part of the law, but not that part of the law. Aren't you so glad we're not living under the law right now? Well, I knew I'd get some amens. I'm glad, but you know what? God is still just as serious about His law as He ever was. His standard is the same. And see, right now, I know that there's people that I can hear the eyes rolling back in the heads right now. I I, I already know your hearts, some of you. I already know that you're turned off, but I don't care. Let me tell you something. Until you have the heart to receive this, you're going to die in your sins and trespasses, and you will go to hell. It doesn't matter how many times you go to church. It doesn't matter which church you go to. It doesn't matter how many times you go down to that altar. If you go ahead and you hold this in your heart, you will die in your sins and trespasses, and you will go to hell. And you won't be able to blame me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But we allow ourselves. We we look at some things, and it's you know it's just a little it's just a little wrong. It's just it's just well God knows me. Yeah, God does know you. Hallelujah. You know we, we, in James two ten it says whoever shall keep the whole whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point is guilty of all. Did you hear that, man? I thought I came to a New Testament church this morning. 
I thought I came to a New Testament church this morning. Think about that. Think, just, just hang with me. Hang, hang with me. Look at Adam and Eve in the garden. God says, look, you've got, this is yours. Subdue it. Have dominion over it. It's all yours. Name the animal. Do whatever. But there's just one thing you cannot do. Just don't do this one thing. That's all I'm saying to you. Just don't do this one thing. And they did the one thing. And God said, okay, I'm going to put you on 90-day probation. What do you say? No, no, no. Were you kidding me? No, well, they got to go. Open it. I'm going to put you on 90-day probation. Nope. 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 That one thing changed everything. Changed everything. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. No, what happened? They were thrown out. They were thrown out and never to have that kind of presence with the Lord. The whole earth became cursed. Doggone it, now we started getting signal grass and every other weed known to... All the weeds started growing. Right? One, one thing. One thing. Hallelujah. But we're not like them. No, we justify. We, we allow ourselves this little bit. We, are, we allow ourselves that little bit. Or, you know what, basically, I'm not, I'm not like them. If God would have said to me directly, face to face, if God would have said to me, don't eat of that tree, I would have never ate of it. If I was there, if I was there, God would have never, ever, if he would have, I would have never touched it. Look at the things that we're doing now that we know that we should not be doing. Look at the things that he's called us to do and we're not doing. Man, I know this is, I know you don't like this. I know you don't. Hallelujah. But we justify based on other people, based on what's the news, how, how really evil this world is and how, you know, how deceitful the people are around us. Man, there are some things that are... Just, I have people just absolutely saying things that, I, that actually came out of my mouth. They're saying this. They're testifying that something came out of my mouth personally to other people never happened. Never happened. And it blows my mind. I had a talk with somebody during the week. It blows my mind. I'm saying, how in the world does an adult human being do that? How does that happen? Think, think about that for a minute. Someone said, I heard this exactly from Tony's mouth. Here's what he said. I don't even know the person. So how in the world does an adult human being do that? And some of you are looking at me like, you know, Wow. Well, don't tell me that you've never told a lie. Don't, don't, don't sit there and say you haven't stretched the truth. Because you have. It says in the Bible, in uh, Romans 3, 23, all have sinned. All have sinned. Not me. Well, not since I've been born again. Please. All have sinned. Remember what, a couple of weeks ago when we were studying out of Romans, uh, you know, in, in, in chapter 7, where Paul is talking about that. The old sinful nature. 
and how the law points out that we have this nature in us. And the only way that we can absolutely have victory over the, the, the sinful nature that's inside of us is through Jesus Christ, the presence of the Lord in our hearts and reading and studying, being part of the Lord. The Lord Jesus himself gives us the victory over our own flesh, but we have to follow him. Amen? All right. So, but now look. We read out of Isaiah, Isaiah 64. We all are like an unclean thing. And all our righteousnesses are like filthy rags. I don't even know if that's a word, but that's what, it's, that's what it is in the Bible. Righteousnesses. You know what that really means? What he's saying is, we're, we, all of the things that we do that are good, all of the good deeds that we do, all of the things that we think are good or righteous, even if, it's, if, if it is good, if it is you know, deemed a, a, a positive thing, even by the Lord's standard, but all of those things without Christ are filthiness. It's filthy to Him. That doesn't make sense to me. Because if you're doing it under the unction of any other thing, other than the unction of the Holy Spirit, then you're doing it on your own behalf, for yourself, somehow, some way, and that's why. That's why the Lord said, and in, in, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, haven't we uh, cast out demons in your name? Haven't we done many miracles in your name? How many these mighty works we've done? Depart from me, you who worked iniquity. I never even knew you. How does that happen? Well, that's how it happens because they weren't doing it under the unction of the Lord. They were doing it somehow, some way for themselves, either to get recognition or to earn favor with God or to make sure that they were better than everybody else. Somehow, some way, it was, it was according to their own motivation. I want to be motivated by God because anything that I do that is not under the motivation of God, anything that I do that's of my own heart, of my own volition, of my own mind, my own attitude, it, it's, it's filthiness to Him. The average person, the average person is confident of their own righteousness. Some of us, even, I'm just the average person. Not, not, let's just, separate from the church right now. I'm a pretty good guy. I mean, many of you have, have ministered to people or you've tried to witness to people and basically, yeah, I'm a pretty good guy. If the good outweighs the bad, you know, I'm better. I do more good things than bad things. I'm not a bad guy. Based on what? Based, based on what? Based on the guy next door? Based on what you're reading in the newspaper? Well, basically, yes, because we're human. Humans, that's what we do. We're human. But see, this is, what, this, is what, this is what's totally different about Christianity. Christianity says, yes, and in your humanness, you can never measure up to the standard that God has laid for you. That's why Jesus died, so that you can go ahead and live in Him. And in Him, you measure up to God's standards. You're, you're good. Everything's okay. Hallelujah. I'm basically a good guy. I used to think that. Before I became born again, I believed that there was a God. I really did. My, my parents raised me to believe that there was a God. And they raised me you know, with some good morals. I mean, I had uh, basically good parents. They weren't born again, but they raised me to, you know, to be a de- basically a, a good guy and, and to believe in God. And I thought about what I thought about God. I knew of God and I knew that he, he probably existed. I felt in my heart but I didn't know him. I thought that if I was basically a good guy, if the good outweighed the bad at the end of my life, I'd go to heaven. Now, ask have you, people at work, ask, hey, uh, what do you think happens? Where are you going to go uh, when you die? Heaven, I hope. You hope? 
You hope? Wouldn't you rather know? Well, you can't know. You can. If there's a heaven, will you be going there? Well, I hope so. I'm not trying to be ugly or... uh, I'm not trying to, to ridicule anybody... But haven't we had those conversations with people before? And, and even people who profess Christianity would say, well, I hope. Really? My confidence, my hope is in Christ. And because he came up out of that grave alive, that body that went into the grave came out alive, I know that my hope isn't placed in something that is just, a, it's, it's a chance, I'm taking a chance, I'm rolling the dice. It's a sure thing. I just got to be in him. Are you with me? I mean, certainly, you know, we've got a bunch of churchgoers here, not as much as other places, but certainly churchgoers think that they're doing enough, that they're doing enough to merit heaven. I'm checking the box. I'm in church. I pray once in a blue moon. I pray before I eat. You know, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Listen, I'm not ridiculing. I'm, I'm not, I promise you. I'm not trying to ridicule or making fun of anyone. But, but my brothers and sisters, God has a standard. And, and God's standard has not changed. His standard is the same. When He told them, don't touch, He meant it. When He told us certain things, He absolutely meant it. He meant it. Mary, would you put up that um, next slide? Let's just look at a few of these. The top ten, as it were. (laughs) Thou shalt have no other gods. Now, I'm in a a Christian church. I'm, I'm sitting among people who believe in God. And, and in fact, many people in this room, if not close to all the people in this room, recognize that Jesus is, in fact, God. Right? Okay. But now let me ask you. He's saying, you shall have no other gods. Little g. What does that mean? Anything. It could be anything that you put before or equal to him. Anything. Now, look at, see, you guys are in, you guys are, are saying some things from out there. Why? Because this is common. You guys know this. This is so easy. But let me ask you something. Knowing something and obeying it or living by it are two different things. In fact, if you know it to be true and then you don't follow it, you got, man, there's no excuse. No graven images or likenesses. Well, I know that there's no one in here that has a totem pole in their backyard. But I know Christians who will take certain things as good luck charms. There are certain people that call themselves Christians denominationally and they believe in uh, like crystals and stones. It's, it's new age is what it is. But they're, but they're still, they have these beliefs in some of, the, some of these things. This is, that's, 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 that's part of the top ten, y'all. Thou shalt not take the Lord's name in vain. Here's a top one. Now, everybody gets all offended when they hear a movie and, they, and, and God's name followed by that four-letter word. And you... <gasps> I, when I, when I, the church that I was raised up in, oh, that was it, man. You could do anything, but if you say that, on, you better not ever watch that movie. If the, in the meantime, 
You say, hey, is that true? Swear to God. <laughs> so, listen, you're laughing. But it's the truth. It is the truth. Isn't it the truth, though? Say amen. It's the truth, I promise. It's the truth. Or anything that you say, my, like you're in the middle of something and something happens, you say, my God. That's using His name in vain. They say, well, you know, it's not that big of a deal, Tony. Is it? Isn't it? But let me ask you this. What about this? You know you're living a bad lifestyle, but you go out there proclaiming the name of Jesus. I don't want to be that guy either. I don't want to be that guy either. So these are the top ten. And does this apply to anybody? I don't, you don't raise your hand. I'm not going to, I don't think you're going to say, hey, hallelujah, man. I don't, I don't expect to see any hands up. Oh, here's a good one. Remember the Sabbath day. Remember the Sabbath day. Now the Jews, according to their... See, this is part of the uh, moral law. The Jews had the, the, uh, the classifications, the, the moral law, uh, the civil law. And Nyla, you know them, right? Moral law, civil law, religious law. See, in their religious law, they had a lot of other um, testimonies, or I'm sorry, they had a lot of other rituals and things that they did. And then they added to them. But God gave them, you know, the other Sabbaths that they needed to adhere to. And that was pointing to the things that would come. That's why we as born-again Christians, we don't have to follow all of those Sabbaths and all of those things. Those were religious laws, religious rules that they followed pointing forward to Jesus. Right? Right? Okay, and, the, and then the civil laws. Do we, in, in the United States of America, are our civil laws the same as the first five books of the Bible? No. Now, originally, they came from that. That was the foundation, but it's changed. How do I know it's changed? Because I'm smart. Well, I, I will know this. Killing babies is not part of civil law, but it's in America you can kill babies. So I know that. Oh, you see, I had to go there. And see, you see, that's what I'm, I'm just trying to say something to you here. But now look, there's, there is many Sabbath days, but so why, why, why would that one make the top ten? You know, Jesus is our Sabbath. Jesus is our Sabbath. You know, it, it's, it, the Bible says, this is not just about going to church on a Saturday. Like some would say, you guys go to church on a Sunday, you're breaking the law because Saturday is the Sabbath day. No. You know what? Even the Apostle Paul, the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul says it. You know, you pick this day to honor day. Somebody else picks another day. It doesn't matter. Listen, the Lord should be honored every day. Every day. But you know, when I look at this, it, it's reminding me that, listen... I need to get into a place where I rest from all of my activities. I have to have some time where I'm sitting down and I'm literally resting and I'm allowing Him to minister to me. My body needs a rest. My mind needs a rest. I need to, to sit down. I need to go ahead and be quiet someplace and just get along. What about church? Well, the Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, as is the custom of some. And even more, as you see the day approaching, that's in Hebrews. The day is approaching. So we need to get together even more. Why? Because we strengthen each other, we lift each other up, we edify each other, we build each other. 
There's strength among us. We, we bind. One could put a thousand of light, two, ten thousand. My brothers and sisters, all of this stuff that I'm saying to you is out of the scripture. It's true. And whether you believe it or not doesn't make it less true. It's true. And so now watch. Okay, church, we come together. All I got to do is I have to look at the first church, the early church, which is really where my heart is. That's, that's what we should be. There's, there should be no difference between what the Lord was doing back then in his people and what the Lord should be doing now in his people. There should be no difference. When they had a need in the church, they knew about it and they took care of it. They didn't go to the Romans and beg for welfare. They didn't go to the, the, to the temple and beg for welfare. They didn't do that. They took care of each other. If someone was sick, They'd bring them to the elders of the church. They'd pray for them and they'd get well. That's that's what we should be experiencing now. Why is it different now? It shouldn't be different now. We need to get together in love and we need to go ahead and when we're away from each other, not feel any differently about each other. And certainly not when we're away from each other, not feel any differently about how we walk in front of God. Not have the the church persona and then the out there persona. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God's standard remains. Honor thy father and thy mother. I've not met anybody in my life that honors their parents more than my wife. I'm just saying, and not just because they're sitting there, because I would say it if they were sitting there or not. My wife truly honors her mother and father. I don't know if they know if if they know that, but I've never heard her have any ill thing to say to them about them. She's concerned for them. She is an awesome, awesome example of honoring your father and your mother. She's she's the best. And I don't want to embarrass her or build her up. Uh, and and certainly for mom and dad, Prettyman, that also speaks to how you raised her. And I appreciate that. Man, God takes this seriously. My, my, God takes this seriously. Do you know in the, in the civil law as it relates to the Jews, and I've, I think I've shared this with you, do you know that if, if a person had an unruly son, if a person had a rebellious son, a lazy son, he could take him to the elders. And if the elders deem that that's true, they take him outside the city and they stone him to death. Dom. How are we doing? <laughs> hey, you didn't holler at Daddy when he woke up, up woke you up for, to go to church today, did you? No, you woke him up, didn't you? No, I'm kidding. Hallelujah. No, but but do you understand that? See, we, we're we're I'm kind of you know making a little bit of of uh, 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 fun about it, but that's true. That happens. But that that's not what this is saying. But what this is saying is we should honor our parents. Do, in this culture that we live in, we have kids killing their parents. Are you kidding me? That's how bad it's declined. That's how much we've slid back. Why? Because we took God out of everything. And when you take God out of everything, what are you left with? Hallelujah. Thou shalt not kill. Okay, I don't think that we have any murderers in here. However, we know that these laws... They speak to more than just the, you know, physical. Because we know that Jesus said that if you get so 
angry toward a person and you accuse them and you just say stuff, man, you've killed them because it speaks to the attitude of your heart. You've, in fact, committed murder. See, these are written laws that Moses received on Mount Sinai, but they, listen, this is something that's telling them that, look, outwardly, look, this, but this is spiritual. The Bible, the New Testament tells us that the law is spiritual. So when it's saying these things, it's speaking to an attitude, not just to the physical violence, not just to the, the physical or the outward activity. It's speaking to what the motivations are behind these. Come on, somebody needs to pay attention in here. Come on. Listen, I'm serious. This speaks, these are outward physical things, but it speaks to what's going on on the inside. So look, we can go ahead as New Testament believers and think that, well, I didn't murder anybody or you know, I haven't committed adultery. You know, I still treat my mom and dad well or whatever the case may be. Whatever the case, but what's going on inside? That's what this is really speaking to. And my brothers and sisters, that's why we need Jesus. Because before it gets to the physical, we already have something going down on, on the inside of us. And that's what God is concerned about. What's going on on the inside of us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Uh, man, there are, there are married men in here who have never committed adultery. However, what Jesus said was, if you're lusting after a woman, if you're flirting with a woman and you're thinking about it, might as well do it. Not just kidding, babe. <laughs> because in your heart, you've already done it. So it's speaking to a condition of the heart. Amen. Thou shalt not steal. Now, when I was a kid, bubble gum from the candy store. I'm, I'm, I'm being honest. But my brothers and sisters, you know, you know, well, if I take this from work, no one, you know, it is what it is. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll replace it later. I'll do this, and you never replace it. That's stealing. That's stealing. You know, filling out your time card fa- falsely. That's stealing. You know, maybe padding your expense account. That's stealing. Now, I'm not going to ask you if you've ever done anything like that. I'm not, because that's between you and God anyway. I don't need to know. I'm not the inspector. I'm just his messenger. So now look, if those things are in you, then, then th- that, that's, that's what this whole thing is about. See, we can't say that we're born again, we love Jesus and and everything is going to be okay and we're heaven bound, but we still harbor these things and we're still acting according to these things. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Have you ever lied? This is not just lying, this is lying on somebody. I'm not even going to get into the politics today because you know that there are a lot of false witnesses out there and I'm telling you something. Amen? Amen? All right. Thou shalt not covet. Man... This is covet. Delight in something is to covet. To really, you know, be, to, to really be, in, be in delight of something. You're depending on something, you know, uh, or, or to lust after something. That's part of this word. If you do a word study in the Hebrew, this is from the Hebrew, you'll see it's, it's, it's all of that. It's not just hey, I want what he has or I want what she has. No, it's, I'm going to get pleasure from that thing or this thing is going to give me pleasure. Uh, are you with me? Coveting. 
You shall not, I, I think in the Old Testament, there's a, there's a point there uh, in Exodus, thou shall not covet thy neighbor's wife, thou shall not covet thy neighbor's goods, right? So it's all about, you know, not wanting what, what's over there, but it's also that thing inside of you that says, I need that to make me happy, right? That, see, see that's, that's what this is all about. Now, when you're young, I mean, you know, you have desires and you have, and those are good, but you have to keep things in order. God first. God first. Where does God fit into my order? Are you with me? Some here, I want to go to another. Just uh, listen. Ha, has that point been made as it relates to you know really uh, what God's standards are? What God's standards are? See. I've known people who have looked at things that, that somebody else had or was about to have or whatever, and it, it, I'll, I'll tell you, there was this, this, this person who, uh, uh, who worked for a company, and the person was asked by the uh, CEO, they had this big end-of-the-year party, and it was a big thing. They, hired, they, they brought in all of their big wigs, uh, all of their council and their whole board and all that, and all of the employees that were uh, on the property, not necessarily the laborers, but at least managers and middle managers, and they all came together. And so this CEO uh, gets with his secretary says, call this person, tell this person I want that person to be the MC of this gathering. So the, the person was called, and the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the uh, administrative assistant said, listen, you don't know what an honor this is because of this culture and this attitude. This is a... This is a big honor. And that person was, you know, taken back, didn't know anything about how to do it, what to do. So, you know, they, they received a little bit of help, a little bit of coaching, but they had to be prepared to introduce all the speakers and uh, be prepared to say a little something and, you know, be able to handle themselves through this event. So the event happens. And within days of this happening... The person experienced such disdain from other employees who were Christians. In fact, one of the people said, that should have been me up there, I'm better than you. Now, listen. Covet? Right? Is that Christian? Should, should we, should that be down on the inside of us? Should we look at someone and see what they're doing, what they're achieving, and then have a little bit of something inside of us? Should we look at the next person and see, well, they're getting away with something. I'm going to go ahead and pull the chain. I'm going to go ahead and blow the whistle. Or how does that happen? How does that person get that? I've done that. I'm telling you, I'm confessing. I've done that. That one year when I was in between golf courses, and I was uh, a manager for a, a, a supply company. I would go down and I would talk to these managers. And I'd sit across the desk from them. Man, some of these guys couldn't even spell fertilizer, let alone formulate it. And I'd go home and I'd tell my wife, I don't know how that person gets that job. That's wrong. That's, that speaks to who I am inside. Are you with me? Are you with me? Come on. 
As human beings, as Christians, that shouldn't be part of who we are. As human beings, that's natural for us. That's, that's how, that's from the garden on, that's how we are made. That's part of our DNA. Praise God. He gave me something different. But see, the Spirit of the Lord is in these commandments. The Spirit of the Lord showing us that, listen, the, here's the standard. Here's, here's, what God, here's what God created for you for. This is what He's you know, joined you to. This is what He is. This is the standard. This is the mark. Here's the other thing. Some people struggle with this, and I've, I've met these kind of people as well, and you have too. And, and sometimes I think about it. And I... Anybody remember who Ted Bundy is? Supposedly, he gave his heart to the Lord before he was executed. I don't know if it's true or not. It's not for me to decide. He stood before the Lord, and the Lord knew whether he was serious about his profession of faith or not. But that, was, that guy literally was an animal. He was absolutely evil. What he did to those poor girls is ridiculous. Right? But let me tell you something. If he, was, if he, before he died, he confessed his sin, and he asked Jesus to forgive him, he's in heaven. How could that be, Tony? That animal... God, see, because here, here we go. This is what we do. We're going to say, well, because he did such monst- monstrous things. He did such horrible things. There is no way. And you didn't mean to tell me, Tony, if I steal or if I covet and, and, you know, and I just forget about it and I don't think that's any big deal, that that's against me? Yeah, yes. it is. Because if you're guilty of one, you're guilty of all. You, there is no, listen, there is none righteous, none, not one. All of us are stained. All of us. None of us are good compared to his standard. Isn't that what you wanted to hear this morning? Now look, then you, then you have someone like Gandhi. Gandhi. Listen. If Gandhi did not profess Jesus Christ as his Lord before he died, he didn't make it to heaven. Not because I say so. And not because I, I have no determination whatsoever. I just know what the Word says. And you know, when I, 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 a long time ago, I remember this distinctly. I was witnessing to a guy and we're talking and he's saying, you're telling me, Tony, that the only way is Jesus. Yes, it's the only way. But I'm not saying it. That's what God said. I'm just saying it, and here's why God says, here's what God says about it. And that's the only, yeah, well, what about a guy like Gandhi? I mean, he did so much good for his people, and he did this, and he did that, and he did the other thing, and blah, 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 blah. I said, I understand that. But Gandhi was born, like David, in sin and iniquity. And what he needed to do was acknowledge that he is a sinner, and that he's never able to meet God's standard, but it was already met in Jesus Christ. So that if I go to Jesus, God's standard is met and everything's okay if I'm in Jesus. But here's also what I believe. And you could call this justification if you want to. I don't care. Listen, here's what I believe. If This is what Jesus said. Jesus said, if you're seeking the truth, you're going to find it. If you seek the truth, you're going to find it. So if Gandhi was sincere about really seeking the truth, I believe that even if it was in his last breath, 
Even if it was in his in, in consciousness that no one else witnessed, but him and Jesus had a moment before he crossed the river, he's in heaven right now. I believe that Gandhi, before he died, probably had a choice. I believe that Jesus gave him a choice. If you're truly, if you're truly after God, if you're seeking the truth, but now if you're if you're your own God, and that's all you know, and, and that's it. Don't expect it because you're your own God. You're, everything's okay with you. That's fine if you're your own God. But now if you're seeking the truth and you want to know God, Jesus said that you will find it. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. Hallelujah. That's an awesome thing. But you mean to tell me, Tony, Gandhi went to... Yeah, if he died without Jesus, he didn't, he, he's not in heaven. 1 Corinthians 8, 1 says this. We know that all have knowledge. Knowledge puffs up. What does that mean? makes you proud, but love builds up, edifies. And if anyone thinks that he knows anything, he knows nothing yet as he ought to know. You don't know, you don't know half of it. You've still got a long ways to go, Tony. If you think you know, you, man, you've got a long way to go. But look at this. But if anyone loves God, this one is known by him, God. God is in relationship with you. If you love God, He's in relationship with you. If you're loving the truth, if you're seeking the truth, God will make sure that you know Him and He knows you. Hallelujah. But so now let's go back to Philippians 2, 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being made in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. Remember, he didn't, he didn't cling to his glory, his, his status as God. He let that go, and he cleared himself. Listen, he made himself of no reputation. He humbled himself. See, we have to get into that position, my brothers and sisters. We acknowledge that I don't measure up no matter how good I think I am, no matter how many tithes and offerings that I gave, no matter how much uh, uh, I served the poor, no matter how many times I went to church, no matter how many times I bit my tongue instead of saying what was real. The problem is, my brothers and sisters, we are human. Inside of us, there's no good. The law can never be fulfilled in and of us, but it's been fulfilled in Christ Jesus. So we have to take on Christ Jesus. We have to humble ourselves and go to Him and say, Jesus, I'm giving myself to you now. My life is your life. I go ahead now. I'm going to live according to the, what you've taught me. I'm going to live according to what Papa preaches. I'm going to live according to that word that's true. I'm going to live according to what you're teaching me. Holy Spirit, I'm going to live according to those nudges that you... When Holy Spirit, you tell me that that's wrong, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pay attention to that. I'm going to give heed to that. I'm going to give you the lordship of my life, Jesus. I'm no longer lord of my own life. I'm giving it to you. This is, a, this is just such, a, it's just such a, a basic message. Why do we have to come on a Sunday here? Because we're not doing it. That's why. And I'm concerned for the kids, the younger generation that's coming up behind us. Jesus said this, will the Son of Man find any faith on the earth? You know what I believe? If God knows the time. Because if God was to let us on our own, and I, He wouldn't find any. Thank God His Holy Spirit still resides among us. Hallelujah. Remember the, um, this is part of our issue. Remember the lukewarm church, the church of Laodicea? Yeah. Remember, we, we've read this here not too long ago, verse 7. Because you say I am rich, I've become wealthy. Listen, 
I have need of nothing. You're lukewarm. Why are you lukewarm? Because you say that you're rich, you're wealthy, and I don't need anything. That's why I become lukewarm. I'm going to church. I profess Christ, but I'm lukewarm. What does that mean? I'm not really serving Him with my whole heart. I'm not really sold out to Jesus. What am I doing? I'm just going through the motions. Why? Because I don't need anything. Everything's taken care of. I don't need anything. Got a good job. Got a house. Got you know three squares. I don't need anything. I'm okay. Things are going pretty good in my life right now. Relationships are tight. It's okay. You know everything's okay right now. That's what causes you Christians to be lukewarm. Hallelujah. (laughs) Back in Philippians, we have to. Let that go. No matter how wealthy we are, no matter how well off we think we are, no matter if we think we need something or not, we have to let that go. We have to let it go. And finally, in Philippians 2, again, verse 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. That's not to say that your salvation is such a tenuous thing that you've got to walk this tightrope and hope that you make it. That he's just waiting for you to make a mistake so he can jerk the rug out from beneath you. Bye. No, that's not what that is saying. What that is saying is respect God. Be in awe of God all the time as part of your mission, as part of what you do. Man, and that should speak to you really being saved. If you go ahead and you do the same old things that you used to do before you got saved, then i got to believe that you're not walking this out, that you're not, listen, that you're not working out your salvation with fear and trembling. You're working out your salvation with what you thought or what you speak, but you're not working it out with fear and trembling. You're not working it out in respect to God and in awe of God and of who He is, who He really is. You're counting on God to be like Tony. Oh, that's okay. I forgive you. It's okay. You, you know, God is very forgiving. Very forgiving. But, what, he's, not a, but he's not a fool. He's still God. I cannot go ahead and live my life and then get up there in front of him and say, God, I didn't know. Because he'll play that magic tape and he'll say, right there. I can't go up there and stand before him and say, well, God, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You know, like the sweet talking I used to be able to do to my mother when I did something wrong, I'd get away with it. I can't do that. Why? Because God is God. He knows everything. He knows what I'm thinking. I might say this, but he knows what I was thinking before I said it. So I can't get away with that. I can't stand before him. I didn't know. Or sweet talk him. Or buy my way in. I can't do that. I've got to work out this salvation with fear and trembling. I've got to understand who He is. I've got to be in awe of Him. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for His good pleasure, not my own. Do all things without complaining and disputing. Up oh, there you go. I just, that just, I, just, I just disqualified myself. I'm just being honest. Have I ever complained about doing some things? Just ask my wife. <laughs> Have I? But that's not. But just because we all do it, that doesn't make it okay. See, there you go. You got. Thank you, guys. You just helped me preach this message. Just because it's in our nature to do it, and just because you've given me permission to do it, that doesn't make it right. Come on, kids. Kids, are you hearing this? 
right? Just because so-and-so does it and -and so-and-so says, well, that's okay. That doesn't mean that it's okay. God has a standard. What does God say? Hallelujah. I'm not, Lord, and then when I do, you know what he does? He kicks me to the curb. There you go. No. He loves me. He's merciful. He's kind. He's, he's gracious. And he says, okay, are, we, are you ready for me to help you with this thing now? You've blown it so many times. Well, are you ready to give it to me now? Are you ready to give me lordship over that now? Or do you still want to steer your own ship? Do you still want to be in control? Or will you go ahead and let me help you now? Oh, man, now I'm, I'm just getting warmed up now. Just starting to preach now. Will you go ahead and let him? Are you going to go ahead and stay in charge of everything that you're doing and saying right now? Or will you let him? That you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Watch. I'm glad this is up here. Look. See that complaining and the disputing part? When I do that, that makes me, that, that dims the light. I'm no, I can't be a light anymore. See the way that's, see, in, in, its, in its context, you see that? That you may be become blameless and harmless. Well, how do you do that? Do all things without complaining and disputing. Right? Now look, look, if Michelle says to me, Tony, would you help me do this? Oh, geez, all right, I'll do it, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, honey, can I help you? What, what do you think would make her feel better? What makes her know that I really care about her and I want to do it? No complaint, just do it. Okay, now I see a lot of kids doing this. And, yeah, okay, that's how you honor your father and your mother too, by the way. When they ask you to do something, you don't, nah, nah. honor your father and your mother, you just do it. Right? And you say, Jesus? Jesus? Yeah, and now all the parents are saying, listen, how about your parents doing what God has asked you to do? Without disputing, without complaining. How about that? How about being a good example to the kids? How about that? Hallelujah. I'm not mad. This gospel is real. This truth can change you if you'll let it. This this last thing, I want to... You see what it says? Holding fast the word of life. Holding fast. You know, when I was reading and studying for this, I'm looking at that, and then I'm, I'm considering Jesus hanging on to His... Um, to His... Um, status as God, to his glory as God, and it said that he let it go. He, he, he went ahead and he cleaned himself of it. So here's something that's the opposite. This is saying us to hold on fast. And if you do the word studies, you'll see very similar in its um, context of you know, really grabbing onto something. Now let me ask you something. You just came back from a cruise. Anybody else ever cruise? Yeah, well, uh, and you know why? Think. You ever go out there, I've been on a cruise, and one thing that always, I love going out in the morning, praying and reading and all that stuff, but I love when you're out there and you're so far away from land, and wherever you look, nothing but water. There's no land, horizon line to horizon line, all around, 360. You see how vast that ocean is, how big. If I were to fall in that water, and someone threw one of those out, I'm hanging on to that. No, I'm not, I'm not trying to be funny. Because I don't know where the land is. I might be swimming in the wrong direction. And do I even have enough power to make it to the land without dying? Forget about the sharks. Forget about the, all of the animals that can eat you. 
Forget that. Say there's no animals. There's no... <laughs> no, just think about that. I've, I've got to go ahead and I've got to last long enough to make it to that shoreline. Whew. That's a lot of treading water. That's a lot of swimming. Not even in my younger days. I know there's some healthy people in here and all that. I wouldn't even put my money on you. Think about that. Think about that. My brothers and sisters, think about it this way. If you're living in this world without God, you're treading water. See, you may think everything's hunky-dory and everything's fine and all that, but if you're living in this world without Christ, you're treading water. Pretty soon you're going to find out. Game over. Game over. And then what? Let me grab that now. No. See, he's, he's already thrown that out. There it is. And he's saying, put that last scripture back up, Mary, please. Hold fast. Hold fast to the word of life. Hold fast. Hang on to the word of life. It's Jesus. And you know what else I discovered about this thing? If I'm holding fast, if I'm in that word, remember I told you, the Apostle Paul, what I love what he says, that which I'm extending for, that which I'm trying to go grab onto has already got a hold of me. In Christ, I don't got, that which I'm trying to hang on to is strapped to me. If I'm reading, if I'm praying, I'm in fellowship with the Spirit, that which I'm trying to hang on to has already got a hold of me. It's already latched on to me. It's already buckled on to me. Why are we struggling? Why are we working so hard? Because we're trying to be Laodicea. We're trying to have all of the wealth and the things and, and we're counting on all of these other things to make us delightful and for us to, to have joy and pleasures and, and all of this other stuff. And at the same time, trying to profess Christianity and trying to walk godly. We've got to fit him somewhere in there. There's, Tony, is that really? Yes, it is. Because what's happening, my brothers and sisters, you're breaking the first one of the top ten. You're breaking the first one of that law. I don't want to be that guy. Can the praise team come up? 